0: You'll know when you have a wild woman. She'll practice her craft without boundaries. She is truly autonomous. Her loyalty is only to the family she serves, a midwife who will not allow herself to be held back by a system she didn't create. This podcast is for the birth keepers who want to grow and change. We're open to learning through self-reflection and supportive community. We are creating the space to explore without judgment. We are remembering we were
1: born wild.
0: Hello and welcome back to the Born Wild podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Sophia. And today you get to listen to Anika's birth story. And we talk about so many different topics. We talk about IVF, twins, IUI, hospital birth. IUGR, Caesarean, Third Degree, Fourth Degree Tears, Spirit Babies, Thrush, Medical Medium, Bundle Height Discrepancy, Preterm Birth, NICU, COVID, Hip Dysplasia, Eczema, VBACs, Prolonged Labor, Intuition and Trauma, and
1: Hypnobirthing. Enjoy.
0: Good morning, Annika. How are you?
1: Hi, good morning, Sophia. I'm good.
0: I love how festive everything looks behind you with the pumpkin and your <laughs> sweater and isn't it going to be like 90 later today or like 80 I think at least.
1: <laughs> oh I'm not ready for it.
0: The <laughs> I market. like the cool. I just saw somebody post like welcome to California's fall like I hope you brought a sweater and flip-flops and a bathing suit and a park. And- just
1: bring everything
0: wear layers (laughs) definitely yay I'm excited to talk about your birth experiences you have Mm -hmm. run um run through all of them it feels like Mm -hmm. pretty much Um, yeah yeah so before we get into your home birth um let's talk briefly about your other births because this was not your first birth um so will you start wherever your story starts for you
1: yeah totally um, so I can start with like the conceiving of my twins, which were my first birth. If you see me going like this, it's because I live on a ranch and we have a lot of flies and my kids left our doors open. So we have a lot of flies in the house. <laughs> so forgive me. <laughs> no worries. Okay. Um, so I had to do IVF to get pregnant with our twins. We, um, tried to conceive for about a year. And we started with IUIs, and then we started using medicated cycles, IUIs, and none of it was working. So we moved on to IVF. Um, For me, it was really uncomfortable because I never really felt good with putting more drugs in my system than I needed. Um, And I've always been really sensitive to that kind of stuff. So our first two cycles failed, um, a fresh cycle and a frozen cycle. And on our final attempt, my husband and I looked at each other and we're like, okay, this is it. Like I... Don't think we emotionally can withstand this anymore. Um, And we're just going to give it one last shot. And I asked the doctors to lower the drugs. We did like the cheapest cycle possible because I knew my body needed less and we just were going to kind of wing it. And the eggs, once they took the eggs outside of me and they fertilized them, usually they will transfer them at five days. Um, My eggs, I knew needed to be like right back in me as soon as they possibly could. So it took three days. So they put all the eggs back in me and then two stuck. And I had a really high risk, complicated twin pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Um, they told me the whole time that one of our twins was going to die. And it- Can led I pause to you like, for a
0: minute? When you yeah. said that you just like knew you needed less and you knew your eggs need to be back in too, was that like an intuitive thing or yeah. Like why? Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was just, it was so intuitive to me. It was like, why would my babies want to be outside of me? It didn't make sense. It was like, of course they don't want to be in a Petri dish. They want to be back in mom. Like that's where they're going to be most successful. Mm-hmm. So we, I talked to the doctors and I was like, that's what we need to do. Like they need to be back inside me. Cause they just were not surviving in the Petri dish. It just wasn't happening. Mm-hmm. So we had the success when they came back inside of me and we put three eggs in and two of them stuck. Mm-hmm. So it was definitely the right thing to do. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying. Okay, continue. Yeah, of course. Okay. So, yeah, we just had a really um, traumatizing twin pregnancy. I was in and out of the hospital. I had to go in like twice a week. My daughter was diagnosed with IUGR, intrauterine growth restriction. And um, she essentially was growing at a very slow rate and was falling behind each week. And by the time she was born, she was five weeks behind schedule. Um, So when I did go into labor, I went into labor naturally at 33 weeks and two days, but because my daughter had so many complications, her fluid levels had actually gone down so low that they had kept me in check almost every day. I was driving about 45 minutes to get a check to make sure that she was still alive and able to breathe the um, fluid. And as long as she had a little bit of fluid, we knew her lung development was going to be okay. And um, so my son was baby A and he actually like kicked me into labor and I could feel his feet just doing the work. And um, when I was in the hospital, they tried to keep me from going into full-on labor as long as possible. I ended up being in the hospital for 10 days. And then when I was in full-on labor, I actually didn't know it because I was in so much pain from the twin pregnancy as it was that um, we called a nurse in and she was like, oh, oh, you're, you're 10 centimeters dilated. Like you need to go in right now to have a C-section. And I'm like, oh, that's what this is all about? Because I kept like pooping and I felt you know, a little bit of pressure, but not pain. I didn't feel any pain. And Mm. she was like, "Uh uh-huh. And my husband wasn't there. Of course he was at work and I was 45 minutes away from him. My mom was with me. And so it was the uh, first flooded day in winter. So I was trying not to like cause any alarm in him. So I would call him like, Hey, where are you? And he's like, Oh, I'm picking up pizza. I'm like, okay, great. We should probably come down soon. So We'll see you soon, right? He's like, Yeah, yeah. And like an hour and 15 minutes later, I finally called him, and was like, All right, um, I'm going into the room right now and we're gonna have a C-section. And he was like, What? And so he like parked in the doctor's parking lot, flew in, made it literally just in the nick of time, got his gown on and everything. And then um, yeah, I had the babies within like an hour and a half after they said that I need an emergency C-section. Uh-huh. And they took Uh, My son, Donald came out and he came out crying. He was four pounds, 12 ounces, but my daughter, Clancy, she came out and they actually had to resuscitate her. So it took, I mean, what felt like five years for her to cry. And I'm laying on the table going, just cry, just cry, just cry. This is the moment I've been waiting for, for, you know, six months. Mm -hmm. And she came out and then she finally cried. And then, um, they were just going to whistle them away without me seeing them. And my husband's like, well, can mom just see them really quickly? And so they quickly did this to my face with both my babies. I was like, okay. And then I went from a room of about 20 doctors to, and nurses to having three. And my husband went with the babies to the NICU and I was left there all by myself to get stitched up.
0: Mm-hmm. It was like
1: crickets. And they looked at me. And they're like, "Do you want me to get your mom?" Like, "Yes, please." Oh, I'm so
0: glad somebody <laughs> thought
1: of that. <laughs> I know. Like, I have no idea how my babies are doing. I don't know what's going on. I'm just by myself now, getting stitched up. It was like the peak of excitement, and then literally just everything fell. And all of a sudden, it was like nothing. Yeah. <laughs> it was very interesting. Like a dream. It was like a dream. Mm-hmm. So then my babies were. um, in the NICU, Clancy, my daughter, her feet were um, actually when she was born were at her face because the sac had tightened so much around her body. Her fluid levels had gone down so low that her legs had started growing up to her face. So this was her comfortable position where her feet at her face mm-hmm. and her knees were both dislocated. She had hip dysplasia in both hips. So she had to have little um, splints made. And then they had to put her in a harness, but she was so small. She was three pounds, one ounce that nothing actually fit her properly. So everything was custom until about 10 days. And then at 10 days, we transferred from San Francisco to Santa Rosa and, um, she was able to be fitted for a harness and then she was harnessed and braced and casted and had surgery the first like 14 months of her life. She was essentially stuck inside something so that her, um, hips would grow properly. Her knees went back to normal. Thank goodness. Um, on their own. Yeah. So we had a really interesting first year. And then when the twins were six months, I actually got pregnant naturally (laughs) and (laughs) we shortly (laughs) and introduce another baby to our circus <laughs> wow
0: so six months you got pregnant um how mm-hmm. old were the twins when your baby was born
1: um when ruby was born we had another daughter they were 14 months 14 months so like you were mm-hmm.
0: just ending everything with with your daughter like all of her yeah wow that's that's wild yeah yeah to, it, all it that was. and be pregnant and have another
1: baby Yeah, and for me to, like, learn how to be a mom in that circumstance was so – it was, like, surreal, and it was such a wild ride that I almost couldn't get my feet underneath me. It was, like, almost every day something new was changing or something was happening to where I felt like I was just, like, in an ocean, and I was just riding the wave. Like, okay – as long as I have everything around me, I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, just surviving. And we will survive. Mm-hmm. It, that, that's exactly what it, it was. Uh, it was survival for, for sure, 14 months. Mm-hmm. And then my labor with Ruby. Uh, I, I, I was have a able question to have
0: a- about the like hip dysplasia, oh, yeah. and the braces and all that, because I'm sure there's moms out there who are, you know, going to be facing this diagnosis and, um, yeah. Is there any um, tips or advice you have for anyone I can imagine that would make caring for a newborn more challenging, you know, to have all those braces and things to be dealing with? Is there anything that Mm -hmm. like information to pass on that really made a difference for you and wish you had known Um, either regarding that or
1: regarding twins? um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Well, regarding, regarding the hip dysplasia, The only thing I can say is that it doesn't last forever and that babies are extremely resilient and our daughter, um, this, this was her life's journey. The way that she was supposed to come into this world was exactly the way that it did. And she is very, very strong willed and determined and extremely tenacious. So none of this held her back. And she is a very strong, mighty little girl now to this day um, she's a force to be reckoned with. Yeah. I can to that. <laughs> <laughs> so I can say just, just, um, honor. This as their journey and you will be okay. Like, this is really hard as a mom and dad. I totally understand. This is not the ideal situation for your child to come into this world. You, I never thought this is, was how I was going to be a mom but this is how I became a mom. And it made me really, really strong because of it. And also taught me early how to advocate for my children and especially in the medical system.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That is a skill. Was there any, um, struggle with like diaper changes with the braces or Mm -hmm. were you able to baby wear or like any, those are the two things that are popping to my head that seem like they would be challenging.
1: Um, so I didn't get, to wear her very much as much as I would have liked to have um I did learn how to do like a carry in the Moby wrap with her but because she had a twin it was really hard to accommodate both of them Mm -hmm. so um a double stroller was was the deal for me I did we went everywhere too I I got out of the house as much as possible with them Mm -hmm. so I just took my double stroller and then sat her up on um pillows and blankets and you know, be prepared for the questions because people are going to ask you all about what's going on. And we are, we've always been an open book when it came to like the twins, our fertility journey and with her hip dysplasia, because like you said, some parents might experience this and there's no reason to feel shame. Like there's no reason. And I wish that we had someone to connect to that. We knew that had gone through this experience so that we knew we weren't alone. Mm -hmm. And that this is, you know, this happens and it is what it is and you move through it and it's okay. Just keep a positive mindset for, if for no one else, your baby. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
0: Thank you. Um, and then, so, um, Ruby decided that she, to join the party,
1: Ruby came in, she joined (laughs) our party. Like, you know, she didn't miss a beat that girl. She was, I swear she was supposed to be one of their like triplets. She just didn't quite make it in on time. Mm -hmm. And, um. She, I went in, everything was super normal with her. My, my uh, pregnancy was very, very easy. I, at this point was so burnt out of going to doctors that I think I went once with her. It's like, okay, that's good. She's live. Bye. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, <I've> been, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to pause your story because I meant to ask you, um, did, were you able to breastfeed the twins or what, mm, what, was, what was that good question? Situation?
1: Yeah. No. So with the twins, I exclusively pumped for wow. the first six months and it was like my full-time, I mean, more than full-time, right? More than full-time job because I was pumping every three hours for six months straight. Wow. And by six months I hit an adrenal fatigue wall. And I was like, I looked at my husband, I can't do this anymore. Like there's literally no more life to give. Yeah. And he was like, that's okay. You did really, really good. I'm like, okay thank you. That's like all I needed. (laughs) Uh Uh Yeah. So then they went on formula and I used um, a European brand Holly because Mm -hmm. I found that it was one of the cleaner versions and we did formula for about 18 months.
0: Okay, great. I just wanted to touch on that piece.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, that was good. That was an important piece.
0: (laughs) Okay. Okay. Ruby, you like barely saw anyone. You were like,
1: Baby's alive. Get me out of here. Baby's alive. I just like never went to doctors again, essentially. And then I went into labor and um, I am very, I'm learning this about myself as I've gone through a couple natural births now that I'm a very slow labor. And I didn't know this at the time because I wasn't able to really experience the full labor process with the twins, but Um, with Ruby I was in labor for 48 hours before I actually gave birth and they had they broke my um, water sack too Um, so I was in the hospital and the first 12 hours are like "Mm, we might not admit you you might have to go home I'm like no 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 no." I drove all the way here we're doing this like okay do you want us to break your waters yes and so they did and then she arrived shortly after it was about 12 hours later that I gave birth to her Um, it was Uh, a very restricted labor in the hospital giving birth to a, with a V-back and having just had a C-section 14 months ago, they have like every monitor on me. I wasn't able to walk around the hospital. I couldn't get off the bed. Um, they wouldn't let me get in the shower. And I just felt like stuck in this one position the whole time because they were freaking out about how a baby was. And I'm like, I know my body, I know my baby, I know she's okay. Like she's really, really okay. She's been super chill and mellow and healthy through this whole pregnancy. She's going to make it through this labor. And because I was laboring slowly, they were really concerned that her heart rate was going to dip. And so they were monitoring her heart rate the whole time. The irony was that her heart rate was better than mine the whole time. Like she was stable the entire time. And so pushing, I think I pushed for three hours with her. And then on the third hour, it was like, I was so tired. I, I, could, I felt like I couldn't do it anymore. I hadn't slept for 48 hours and I just had nothing else to give. And so finally I just, I was laying on my back and everybody was, my whole team was behind me, like pushing me up, helping me get her out. And then finally she came out and I was just like, Oh God. I can't believe I just did that. It took forever. And I literally thought I was going to walk out of here with her just halfway out. I had come to terms with that. I was like, she's just not going to come out and she's just going to be halfway out of me. And she's going to be like a grown adult. And that's okay. Like, I'm okay with that at this point. That's cool.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The irrational thinking. (laughs)
1: Exactly. I have have to calm myself down somehow. Like there has to be some sort of end, right? (laughs) Yeah. And then we did, um, I, the whole, I think we did the vitamin K shot and I, um, refused some of the vaccinations and, um, and they did the whole like bottom slapping thing. And then they gave it to me and we did, um, skin to skin and then they did the whole weight they thing they after that bottom. Yeah. They like gave her a little, like. Yeah, it was very wow. traditional. I,
0: I've never even seen that ever.
1: Like, I yeah, thought I thought it weird. was a little odd. <laughs> wow.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But um, yeah, and then they, they took her weight and then they did the vitamin K and all of that process to me it just, the whole thing felt really wrong to me. I was like, this is not how it's meant to be. Mm-hmm. This doesn't feel smooth. It doesn't feel right. Like my body didn't react well to laboring in one position. I tore so badly. I almost had a a level four tear,
0: um, which meant that I
1: almost tore all the way through my anus because it was just, it was so pushed and forced. It wasn't natural at all. And um, I actually ended up being on the doctor's table for another hour after giving birth just to get stitched up. Like I I could, she couldn't even tell me how many stitches she put in me.
0: (laughs) last
1: count. Yeah, it was so a lot. Ends. Yeah. Yeah. So, um after that, after I gave birth, I told them I was like I want to go home. And they're like, "Well, you have to be here for 24 hours." I was like, "Okay." So like on the 22nd hour, I want all my paperwork done cuz I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. And they're like, "Okay, sure." And I kept posturing. I was like, "I want to leave. I want to leave. I want to leave. I want to get out of here." And they're like, "Are you sure?" "Yes." <laughs> I want to go home. <laughs> and at night, you know, it doesn't feel natural because you're not allowed to sleep with your baby either. And so they kept her in this plastic little box and she was freezing cold because they kept her in the corner that was like closest to an exterior wall and she was freezing cold. So they had to actually wrap her up in five of their hospital blankets for her to keep warm, which obviously babies can't keep their own temperature. And so they need mama's warmth, and that just killed me. I'm like, okay, I just won't sleep. I'll just hold her to keep her warm. <laughs> yeah, I will
0: stay awake. <laughs> and then for finally, two hours, and then I'm out mm-hmm.
1: of here. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's not like I've had any sleep anyway, so it's okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. So we it, brought it, her home.
0: It's so horrible. I I was at UCSF um, when somebody actually was holding her baby, and because she was you know so in my words abused and in her words you know abused during labor like she was just so out of it and the medication Mm -hmm. and everything um exactly did fall asleep holding her baby and she did drop her baby um and um because we had we were talking to her husband or I think my husband was talking to her husband in the waiting room at some point and he had you know, Mm -hmm. shared with him. And I remember being like, this is why they make those rules, you know, just because like, you're not at home in your bed where you aren't influenced by these things, you know, these drugs and, um, you know, some of the things that they, um, push moms to, um, Mm -hmm. and yeah, it's, it's unfortunate. And I, you're always like, oh, it's a rule for a reason because something must've happened, you know? Yeah and they don't want to be held liable, you know?
1: Exactly.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But it's still, I remember because my son went to the hospital a lot his first year. And I remember just, I ended up just ignoring their requests to put him back in the bed. And I was mm-hmm. like, no, I'm <laughs> not quite to."
1: <doing> <laughs> sure i'll do it in a minute (laughs) yeah yeah and i was
0: like no we just need to go i was like they just stayed out of the room because they didn't want to get in trouble for knowing (laughs) what i was doing (laughs) exactly yeah Yeah. i don't blame you (laughs) so were you able to breastfeed ruby
1: yeah so my breastfeeding adventure with ruby was amazing she came out she started eating right away Um, It always takes me a good three days, like exactly three days for my milk to come in. So it made its entrance and arrival. And she basically didn't stop breastfeeding for the first six months of her life. I have photos of myself with her in the carrier breastfeeding, like everywhere. We just, we were just breastfeeding all the time, all the time. She got huge, so huge. (laughs)
0: She's like, I'm behind my, my triplets, you know, like we're Mm -hmm. triplets and I really need to catch up.
1: (laughs) I have places to be. Yeah.
0: When did your milk come in with the twins? Was it three days too?
1: Yeah. It took three days. That's always three days
0: because three days is pretty typical, but for C-sections, especially, you know, if you're on the earlier side, it can't Mm. take longer. Um, So that's, that's cool that it, that it came in. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It was it it was really cool. They told me they were like, wow, your milk production is amazing. I'm like, thank you. I'm also very determined. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I literally took it on as a full-time job for pumping. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> we wonder where your kids get it from.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. Totally. It's no question. <laughs> Did
0: you have any memory about the
1: placentas um from any of the births? Mm. So I saw the twins placentas and um Donald's looked normal good size, C. Her cord was, um, not twisted at all. It was actually white and floppy. And then inside of her placenta, it looked like a pizza. And so there were white spots in it. And I remember asking you what that was. It's like calcification, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. In, in, far, in, oh God, I'm going to mispronounce it infarcts, and infarcts, infarcts, something like that, where it's basically that piece has died um, and mm. isn't, you know, contributing to the growth of the baby anymore. Um, and it's, you know, we see it sometimes, usually it's like more of a, a speckling um, and like a texture thing we can feel on placentas that are aged. But every once in a while, you'll see like a little patch thing and we're like, woo, you know, that's interesting. Um, and it's an issue if, you know, there's too much of the placenta that isn't functioning, obviously. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Which explains her her growth. It explained it so, so much. Mm -hmm. I told them they were actually wheeling everything away as I was getting done st- being stitched up and they were rolling my bed out and like, well, wait, wait a minute. I want to see that. Mm-hmm. I grew and it. So they Bring it. back. Me, yeah. Right. Like I- I'm not done with it yet. And so they came back and had it in a container for me and they, and they let me see it and think of this. I'm glad that I was able to see Clancy's because I was so curious as to what was going on with her growth. So my answers were all right there in the placenta and the cord. It was like, okay, yeah, that's what was going on. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then Ruby's Did it come out? Ruby's typical time. Ruby's was
1: big and healthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, it, it came out right after I gave birth to her. I think at that point I was just so torn open that the placenta just like came right out. Yeah. I didn't feel it really. It was not, there was no discomfort. I don't even remember really waiting for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. It came out rather quickly. Yeah. Cool.
0: And then. Yeah. Coming to the present time, kind of. Yeah,
1: exactly.
0: um, (laughs) The most, the most current um, pregnancy you had. um, How did that come up? Like, how old were the kids? Was it a conscious conception? Was she um, a surprise too? How how did that all happen?
1: Um, So we had talked about having four kids for a long time. I had thought about it though for three years (laughs) before. Um, I decided that this was the right fit for us. Um, after having such a chaotic first 14 months of motherhood, it was like, I need some time to just chill and marinate on this. I may or may not want another one. And then as it got closer to conception date, I kept feeling her around me, like her little spirit. And then, um, it got stronger and stronger. And I was like, oh, I think I need to make this decision before someone else makes it for me, her. <laughs> and like, maybe I'll have some control over the timing of when this all is gonna go down. So we um, we started having unprotected sex and then boom, I got pregnant. It was like literally like the first time. And I got kind of shocked a little bit. We, um, we went camping and when we were camping, we did a seven mile hike and I had Ruby on my front on my back and I was, we were doing a seven mile hike. So it was like up in these like really scorching Hills in Northern California. I'm like, God, why am I so tired? Cause at the time I was training for a half marathon. I'm like, I don't get it. Like, I don't understand why I'm feeling tired. I should not be feeling this way. And then afterwards, I'm like, Oh, I think I was due for my period. I think I might be pregnant. <laughs> and then I got home and took a pregnancy test and I was like, makes sense yep you know what what
0: surprises me even more than that is that you planned a camping trip when you were supposed to have your period who
1: does that (laughs) (laughs) I know right (laughs) <laughs> my family my family planned it before me <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're like let me make sure it, it lines
0: up with my moon cycle
1: <laughs> yeah exactly to be right here <laughs> yeah.
0: do you remember how soon your cycles returned after I mean obviously it didn't return or it returned just long enough for Ruby to join um yeah. or did it return sooner because you were pumping and not nursing
1: no so as soon as I stopped pumping It was within the first week I got my period and that was when I got pregnant.
0: (laughs) Okay. So you had one one period and then you got pregnant with her. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And and how soon did your
0: cycle return um after Ruby's pregnancy?
1: Um after Ruby, Ruby breastfed for 14 months and it was again about a week after she stopped breastfeeding. I got my period again.
0: All right. So you can just feel (laughs) this. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I'm really, I'm a really good baby maker. I'm super fertile apparently.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. So boom, you find out you're pregnant. Now what?
1: Yeah. So I'm pregnant. I, um, I told my husband, I'm like, he took the little pregnancy stick and I'm like, so your wish has come true. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I'm so excited. I'm like, oh, good. I am too. I think I like took some convincing. I was like, this is going to be a good thing. It's a good thing. It's going to be different than, you know, your other pregnancies and births. Um, and right off the get go, I can say that this pregnancy was totally different because I was plant-based this pregnancy. Um, when I gave birth to Ruby two days into it, I got thrush and it was just so awful. And then after that, I started flaring from eczema And that pushed me into finding any sort of healing that would help me um, with these symptoms. And so I found medical medium and I started practicing his protocols and I introduced the celery juice right away. And for the first year of Ruby's life, I was um, doing the medical medium protocols and introducing them into my lifestyle. So it looked like um, medical medium protocols are no inflammatory foods basically and um, foods that you don't eat any foods that will fuel viruses and those fuel foods are like dairy gluten eggs soy corn canola oil and then you don't do farmed fish I don't I've chosen not to eat meat because for me my cleansing is extremely important and fat will slow the cleansing process down I've also never been extremely drawn to meat I've always really liked salads. My mm-hmm. husband and I joke about that, but it's real. I really love salads <laughs> and vegetables. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't do caffeine. So going through the whole IVF process, that really helped me get off of caffeine too, because what they were telling me to get pregnant and everything that I read was treat your body as if you're already pregnant. Oops, sorry about that. That's
0: okay. It's <laughs>
1: <laughs> was, uh, treat your body as if you're already pregnant. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, would I took out everything alcohol, caffeine, and I still don't do any of it? And I feel much better not doing it. Um, so now living these protocols, and I was, um, at the time two years into it of cleansing and helping getting my body back on track. Um, I had the most amazing pregnancy ever. It was just so easy, and my body felt great. Like the first trimester, I did have some of that like queasiness. I felt a little hungover and tired, but the second trimester, I felt like superwoman again. And I literally forgot I was pregnant. I would be on the floor playing with my kids and my belly would get stuck on things. Like I'd be (laughs) trying to climb through a fort and I'd be like, Oh, that's right. I'm pregnant. Like I literally forget that I'm pregnant because I feel so good.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, and then third trimester came and my inflammation was minimal or if not none, there was no inflammation at all. It was just very normal. And I just had this beautiful belly and I had gained the appropriate weight for my body what it needed. Um, but I still had a lot of energy. I still felt really, really good. And I didn't feel totally like bogged down and just like, I couldn't do this. I totally felt capable of taking care of the kids and, you know, moving on with life, doing all the normal life stuff and also following these protocols. So that means a lot of food prep. It's a lot more work But for me, it it has paid off in dividends. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah. And so did your whole family end up eating this way because you're the one that does most of the cooking or um, what was that like for your family?
1: Um, The transition was really hard, especially for my husband because we live on a dairy and that's what his family does. And so it's still been a little bit of a tough pill to swallow for him. But my daughter, Clancy, who had the hip dysplasia, is also extremely sensitive, no surprise there. And so she, um, we didn't know it. And I wish I, you know, I feel so guilty now, but we gave her formula in the first year. It was, she was having such horrible allergic reactions that she had chronic ear infections that would bubble up and be pussy. Um, She had diaper rash that was bloody and she still has scarring around that area because it was so severe. She had dark circles, she had rashes. I mean, her body talks and shows you what's going on Mm -hmm. Um, as long as you listen and you understand what it's trying to tell you. Now I like, I have her down. I'm like, Oh, did you, did someone feed you dairy? Did you have a treat that wasn't supposed to be, you know, kind of thing because I can see it.
0: Providers like, were you reaching out to care providers? Were you
1: trying? I was working with, I was working with a pediatrician uh and um, the pediatrician was like, maybe we should take out dairy because Mm -hmm. that's like a first like inflammatory that they would remove from the diet. Um, as soon as we did that, it was a game changer. So we started putting her on almond milk at like I think she was probably yeah around eighteen months is when I started figuring it out. So I pulled her completely off of formula and then started giving her the almond milk, and the diaper rash actually went away completely. And we have not looked back, thank goodness. Um, still to this day, though, if she has something that has dairy in it, she'll get diaper rash again. Mm-hmm. And she's potty trained, so yeah. it's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, so we, we learned all the inflammatory foods through medical medium, and then I started applying that for her. And then just because she was doing it, I'm like, well, this is a healthier way to live anyways. And this is like a foundational life choice. Oh, baby's crying. One second.
0: <laughs> oh, no worries. I'll pause. <laughs> okay.
1: Perfect. Yeah. So I decided to do it with just apply it with all the kids because inflammation is not a good thing and you don't want it to have it in your body. And then also what I was trying to do is detox from heavy metals as well. So I knew that if I had heavy metals in my system from, (laughs) from having eczema and understanding what eczema stems from, I knew that my kids had it too. Ruby was born with eczema on her cheek. And so I knew that she needed some detoxing as well. the yeah.
0: Um okay. So yeah, because I know that was a big part of your whole um journey when I met you. I get so I guess one question I have is when did home birth even pop into your mind? Oh, I can't hear you now. We'll pause till we figure it out. Okay. Okay, we're back. So I wanted to find out when did home birth become like a thought in your mind for this, for this pregnancy?
1: Ah, good question. Um, I think it all had to do with the COVID stuff. Um, the idea of another hospital birth was like daunting after my labor with Ruby, because it was just so uncomfortable and forced (laughs) And then having to do that with a mask on and limited help and support in the hospital, I was like, yeah, that's just going to be a no for me. Like just, just absolutely not. So I had to convince my husband that it was a good thing and that he was on board too. (laughs) How'd that go? (laughs) As Sophia knows, he grilled Sophia so hard. God bless her. And I'm so glad she stuck around because He was like really terrified that something was awful was going to happen to me at home, and then we didn't have the tools that we needed, and we were too far away from a hospital. We're we're on the outskirts of Petaluma, so we're about thirty minutes away Mm -hmm. from the hospital, and and he was worried something was going to happen to the baby. Of course, we've had we have some trauma from our previous baby, so he's thinking of the absolute worst. Yeah, um, but I just had to continue to convince him it was going to be good, and then allow him to have conversations and ask you the hard questions and you handled it so well. And with so much grace, I appreciate it.
0: yeah I mean I
1: could
0: just, I could just see behind it all was fear you know like mm-hmm. that 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 was the bottom line you know is that he was just mm-hmm. really scared that you know if, what would happen if he lost you or you know the mm-hmm. baby the baby of course but my, I think most importantly you that was his big thing yeah you know and yeah um but I, yeah I remember going home to my husband be like I think I got interrogated today. <laughs> I was like, I'm not sure if that was an interview or not. I'm not really sure what's going to happen with this.
1: <laughs> How is this going to go? Oh my God. Yeah,
0: but I, you know, because I've had hesitant dads and like, not sure. And you know, things like that. But I remember saying to you, like, if he can't get on board it might not be Mm -hmm. even safe to have him like because of his fears so strong that it could be dangerous you know to have somebody that fearful um present um and luckily Mm -hmm. that wasn't the case um but I remember saying that because I've talked to women about that before but usually it's like a mother or their sister Mm -hmm. you know somebody who has this big fear and it's somebody who's easier to like Uninvite the birth, you know, but like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. but like your husband, like, you know. Um, so um, but I remember you just kept going, I'm having this baby at home.
1: <laughs> yeah, pretty so much. Happy. I was like, talk about your intuition again. I was like, I'm sorry, but this is what's happening. Like I already know this is what's gonna happen. So you're gonna have to get on board. So we talked a lot about it. And then him just getting more comfortable with the idea. He just had to really like put some thought into it and imagine what that would look like. Even still he had no idea what it would look like, mm-hmm. but having you there to Just- you a
0: friend that had a home birth, right?
1: Yes, that helped tremendously too. Oh my gosh. Yeah. He called up a really good friend of his and he said, Oh yeah, we've done home births for almost all of our kids. And it was like the most amazing thing ever. You don't have to leave your house and you don't have to be at the hospital. It's like, it's great. And so my husband's like, okay, maybe (laughs) this will be okay. (laughs) Yeah. And then we found out the day that we gave birth that you were actually at one of those labors. You attended that labor and they were like, Sophia's the best. We love her. (laughs) (laughs) I know when you told me their names, I was like, oh my gosh, I was at their birth. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and now Sophie is like a member of our family we just adore her and my husband really does too <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. It's really yeah. <laughs> um, okay so anything else to note um I think we were into the third trimester and how you were feeling mm-hmm. was, there, was there anything else in your pregnancy that you wanted to mention before we go into your labor
1: I will say that she was the squirmiest of all of my babies. (laughs) She is constantly on the go. Like even still to this day, everybody's talking about how squirmy and wormy she is. And even inside of me, she was the squirmy all the time. Like this girl had so much energy since conception. So I was like, okay, I think that there's something to this like plant-based diet too. Just connecting with her and seeing how strong her energy was and how much energy she already had in the womb. It's like I, I think we're on to something here. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Um, there's one thing too that popped into my head is I was trying to bring up your chart right now so I could get it exactly right. But one of the mm-hmm. appointments we had, your measurement all of a sudden was measuring um, way less than it had mm-hmm. been. Um, do you want do you remember that? And do you want to um, talk mm-hmm. about anything and what was going on? Yeah, about? sure. Just because it was a um a th- A piece of the story because especially because Clancy had IUGR
1: yeah yeah no I totally remember that appointment and just a few days prior I remember looking in the mirror and my belly dropping significantly and I was like oh baby might be coming soon and I remember feeling the added pressure now so much lower and so she had moved so much too that her like whole body wasn't in my ribs anymore. It was like, she had really just moved down into my pelvis. And then the appointment, when you checked me and you said like, Oh, you're measuring smaller than, you know, like literally I think I had gone back five weeks or something like that. Yeah, I'm now. So, I don't remember what the measurement was, but it was so much significant. Yeah,
0: I have it down. So at 39 weeks, um, you were measuring like 37, which is totally normal. And then at 39 and Uh six, I visited and, um, you were measuring 32. Um, yeah. yeah, I remember just mentioning it to you and, and just saying, you know, I just want to check in with you. If hearing this sends alarm bells or if it Mm -hmm. is bringing true, like I've been having this gut feeling that something's not right. And this kind of affirms it. Or if it's just totally throwing you off and you want like to do some more testing to find out what's going on, or if you just feel solid, like my baby's fine. And without skipping Mm -hmm. a beat, you were like, my baby's fine. She has huge feet. (laughs) 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 And I was like, okay, just let me know if that ever changes and we can go from there. (laughs)
1: yeah it's so true Sophia I I literally didn't even make me like think twice or like blink an eye or anything I was like yeah of course my belly's smaller she's moved down like her whole body isn't in my belly anymore like I'm carrying her really low I feel like I'm already like waddling and it's very uncomfortable so Uh of course like yeah yeah
0: Yeah. (laughs) I think it's um you know a skill that I'm always working on is like how to bring up things outside of range without one causing too much alarm, but without like glossing yeah. over something that could be a big deal for somebody, um, mm. and could be concerning for some babies, you know, mm-hmm. um, and encouraging moms to really connect with their intuition. Um, because it's always right, you know, and someone yeah. to struggle to connect to their intuition and that's fine, you know, and that's what tests are for and all that. If you need outside resources, you know, to tell you, yeah. everything's okay. Um, but I remember feeling so much relief that you were so in tune with your body, you know, that, mm. that what, <laughs> what it could have looked like if you hadn't been. And you're like, I don't know, maybe it's not okay. Like maybe we should do more check-ins, like what that could have led to, because just three days later you had your baby, but like, mm-hmm. if you had gone to the hospital, if you had done some follow-up ultrasounds, like what your story could have looked like,
1: um, yeah, very different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, so appreciative that I didn't do those last appointments in the hospital because there's so much fear that they can instill in you. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I just, I just, I, I just knew, I just knew she was gonna be totally fine yeah. and, and that she was healthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she was. And she okay. was.
0: Yeah. <laughs> okay, so take us to your labor. How did that unfold? How did you know you were in labor?
1: Okay. So um I just started having um contractions in the middle of the night. So it was probably like three o'clock in the morning. And it was on a Thursday. And I remember telling my husband, or no, I didn't even tell my husband. I just went in, I just labored for the rest of the night. And then in the morning time I woke up, I woke up. And they were coming every like four hours or something like that, three to four hours. And, I, and then I'd fall back asleep. And I told my husband, I was like, hey, just to let you know, I was having contractions last night. And he's like, oh, my gosh, you know, ring the alarm bells, tell everyone she's in labor. And so I told my mom and I told my best friend and I told my sister and then he told his family and they're like, oh, my gosh, we might have a baby today. Yeah, no, that didn't happen. I <laughs> continued to labor really, really slowly. Um, you know, it kind of changed throughout the day. And then I labored throughout the following night on Friday night. Um, they were stronger contractions. So it wasn't like the most amazing night sleep I've ever had. But I was able to sleep through them for the most part, or I'd wake up and then just fall back asleep. I didn't have to like get out of bed or anything. I just like wait them out while I was laying down. And then I kind of like meditate to fall back asleep. And they were like, yeah, every three hours at night. And then um, Friday morning, or yeah, Thursday, Friday morning, I woke up pretty much the same thing, like every three hours, and then maybe it would come close to like every, like 30 minutes or every 20 minutes. And then if I'd like sit down and relax, they would slow down. I'm like, oh my gosh, okay, well, no baby's coming anytime soon, everyone, okay, just you know we'll listen to my body and see what ends up happening. And at this point, my mom and my best friend had stayed the night. My um, sister stayed the night. So it was like this huge ongoing slumber party. And it was like so much fun because I hadn't done something like that with my mom or sister or my best friend for a long time. So it's like, this is great having everyone here. Like I'd wake up (laughs) in the middle of the night and someone's on the couch. And then uh, Friday night was like real labor. So like every time I'd get uh, a contraction, which was about every mm, 20, 15 minutes, I'd fly out of bed. And like, Ooh! <sighs> and then I'd like bend over on my bed and I'd like breathe through it and like wait it out. And then I'd go back to sleep. And then I fell back to sleep because I remember talking to you about this too, that it's really important to get your sleep because I didn't with Ruby. Mm-hmm. And I knew I was like, I really need to prioritize this whole sleep thing. It's really important. And so I woke up in the morning and I was like, okay, things have really shifted. Things are starting to get a little more serious. And I think I texted you in the morning and I was like, this is what's going on. Probably at like six o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. And then by eight o'clock, I was like, okay, this is real. This is happening. Things are happening. So I like got in the shower and I brought my, I had my phone in the bathroom and I was like breathing through contractions because it was to out really, really strong And I like texted you, I was like, okay, you should come now. (laughs) Yeah. And then by the time I got out of the shower, Sophia was already magically here setting up the birth tub. (laughs) Yeah. It was like amazing. I'm like, oh yes. And so I like got out of the bathroom and I had like my whole birth team here. Emma had already showed up. I was like, okay, guys, this is good. You got it from here. I'm (laughs) okay.
0: Now I can let go.
1: Yeah, exactly. Things can happen. So I actually had Ruby with me because she's super connected to me and mama. And like, she didn't want to leave me and seeing me in pain, like that was really hard for her. She would start screaming every time I go through a contraction. Mommy! I'm like, I'm okay. I just need to breathe. And and having her there and screaming at me was making the pain even worse. And so I was doing hypnobirthing and I had my earplugs in. And when I was going through contractions, I was listening to my hypnobirthing and like trying to remain calm so that the pain was very minimal. But when she started screaming at me, I started to get more concerned about her well-being than mine. And I was like, okay, this isn't working. She needs to go. So my other two kids went down to my in-laws house, which is just about 30 feet away from me.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And then I, I had my husband, I was like, she has to go. Like I cannot have her ear. It's too painful. I'm too concerned about her well-being over mine. And so he took her back and she was not cool with leaving me. She was like, I want to stay here for the whole thing. I want to make sure mom's okay. And he's like, everything's going to be okay. Mommy will be fine, Mm -hmm. but you're going to go with grandma. And then luckily it wasn't too much longer until Aveline came. But um, yeah, so then I, the labor really kicked in when she left mm-hmm. and I could really focus on myself. And so I was still the, the tub was set up for probably like 30 minutes before I was ready to climb in because I just hadn't felt quite ready yet. Mm-hmm. And then after breathing through things, I climbed into the tub and I remember everybody was kind of out in the kitchen area here and I was in the bedroom by myself. And I got in the tub and I was like, literally had a moment of like, my God, I'm in a hot tub in my room. This is like a vacation. Like no one is in here. And then my husband comes in with a cup of tea. And I was like, shut up. This cannot get any better. And so I am like, I have my nettle leaf tea and I'm like, oh, like the birds are singing. I'm looking at my beautiful window, the trees, I take a step and I'm like, boom huge contraction baby's like actually moving and coming and I was like ah and I left like a scream I remember that was like the first time I heard you
0: (laughs) make any sound at all you were just like (laughs) so internalized the whole time and I was like oh okay <laughs>
1: She's actually in labor. No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like someone came or everyone rushed in and I like didn't know what to do with my tea uh-huh. because I was just floating and letting my belly just like relax and my back felt so good. And I was like, oh my tea. <laughs> and I like turned around in this horrible like position to put the tea back behind me because there's a stool and then the real labor started all after that I was like oh okay now I'm relaxed enough to where baby's gonna really make yeah, you probably have
0: this like surge of oxytocin when you felt like snow white it like a princess with all the animals around you and birds tweeting and (laughs) magical tea and you probably surged your oxytocin level and then
1: boom it was like a slap in the face or really the vagina I was like oh okay oh my gosh yeah so then stuff got real and then I started I started on my back and just floating. And then at at some point I was like, okay, this is needs to get a little more serious. And then I got into like the, the froggy position and then was leaning over the side. And still every single minute I had my hypno meditations in my ear and I was just following the breathing and like practicing the visualizations of like pain and light and just and really just letting go of any control and just allowing it to come through. And I was really just riding the waves of contraction so that it, I wasn't fighting or feeling fearful about it. I was just really welcoming it. Mm -hmm. And then when she really started moving down the canal and her head started coming, I remember like the contractions changing to where it was like, might have to push a little bit, but not a lot. And so I would like, feel her head move down and then the next contraction I would push and then the next contraction I would feel her head just like adjusting down and then the next contraction I would push so it wasn't even every contraction that I needed to push because she started moving down naturally as I felt more comfortable using the hypno meditations everything was relaxed down there and she had the space to move down on her own and let like her and my body do the work without like it being forced at all mm-hmm. um and then I felt the last time that like her head needed to come out was like she's not like coming she really like needs a good push and so then I pushed and her head came out and then she was is it transverse with she's sunny side up
0: um posterior
1: posterior she was posterior so her head Sure, her little face was out and welcoming, welcoming everyone. <laughs> and I remember Emma saying, oh, "She's looking at me," and I'm like, "Oh, that's kind of weird that her face is that way." And my mom's like, "She's she was thinking the same thing." And so my mom was trying to like reach her head to see if it was properly, and I was like, "Mom, mom, no, 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 don't touch her, don't touch her." <laughs> but she was sitting there, and I'll never forget the feeling. It was almost like a puppet on, like you know, what of like. Uh, on on its like head spindle and her head just kept turning that she was literally looking around Mm -hmm. and I'm like well that's a really weird feeling (laughs) and then um the next surge came and I just gave a little push and the rest of her body just came sliding right out and then I caught her and we kept her birth, a, um, her sex a surprise. So when she was born, like the whole time I knew she was a girl, of course, because mother's intuition, but I like told her up and I looked through the legs. and I was like, she's a girl. Oh, no, <laughs> Just nice like I knew too. she was.
0: <laughs> <laughs> do, do you remember the moment your water broke?
1: Oh yeah, totally. I was like laying there in my hypno hypnobirthing zone. And then I was like, that was when I was still my belly was up in the water and I just felt like this it was just kind of like a and it was that that was it I'm like oh my water just broke and I think I said that out loud <laughs> uh-huh. yeah you did <laughs> there was such an interesting sensation
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah oh my gosh it was so beautiful and um
1: who missed it Mm. my husband, he was getting, he was like, he was get, he, he had it in his head. He's like, she's not going to have this baby until six o'clock at night. And so he's like, I'm going to go out and do some work. Okay, sure. Yeah. So then I had this, like, my husband was outside working. He's probably like 30 minutes away. I think he stopped in to see my kids. My mom said that she could hear him playing down there with our kids too. And then, um, the baby started coming closer and he's like, oh, just call me when it gets closer and wherever he was, he didn't have service. So they called him, nothing happened. And so I had this like most amazing, like feminine divine birth ever. I had like this amazing team of women around me and they're all sitting on my bed. I had my cousin, my aunt, my mom, my sister, my sister from Germany was on zoom And then I had you three midwives there and it was like, I mean, it was literally nothing short of magical, Mm -hmm. nothing short of magical. It was absolutely (laughs) incredible. And then I had my cousin doing long distance Reiki on me and between the hypno birthing meditations and her Reiki, I felt like I was just in this amazing long meditation. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Like I didn't recognized how much time had gone by. I had no concepts. It felt like very euphoric. And I felt like there was a lot of like light around me. So I knew I was safe and like all of my guides and every on my whole team was there to support me and make sure that everything went smoothly and that me and Aveline were safe. Mm -hmm. And so I just yeah I was on a complete high after I gave birth to her. I was like that was Absolutely magical when she came out. I'm like, I can't believe I did that yeah. because that's exactly what, like, the whole book that I read about hypnobirthing was. Is like, and everything, like, I'd seen a video that you'd shown me of a woman who did this hypnobirth. And I was like, Yes, girl, you got it. Now she's in labor, she's like, Not even screaming, she's totally in the zone on her meditation, and it just went so smoothly. And it was like, absolutely beautiful. I'm like, that's what I want for my labor. I don't want it to be like scary and screaming, and like, I want her to come in in like, the most peaceful way possible. And that's literally exactly how it happened. It was, it was magical. Oh, yeah, so it was really, really cool.
0: <laughs> and what about her placenta? Do you remember that piece? Yeah,
1: I do. Um, her placenta, it was just like not wanting to come out on its own. So then I birthed the placenta myself shortly after I gave birth to her. I can't remember how long it was, like a half an hour or something like that.
0: I know because I'm looking right at it. <laughs> I pulled up your chart. How long was it? So you were in early labor for 54 hours. Oh. Um, and your active labor was about three hours. <laughs> okay. So when you got down to it, you got down to it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you pushed for almost two hours. But like you were saying, it was this like, okay, well, now she's not pushing it. Oh, but now she is. Oh, but now she's not, you know, this back and forth. Oh. Um, and your placenta came out after an hour
1: after an hour okay okay yeah because I remember you saying like it's okay if it doesn't come out Mm -hmm. on its own you can like help it out and I'm like oh that makes so much sense so then I like tugged on the cord and then helped the placenta come out and I was like oh that wasn't that bad like that's okay we're good yeah
0: Mm, beautiful Yeah. Um, How was anything else to note about the immediate postpartum when we were there or your extended postpartum or breastfeeding or just anything?
1: Um, I mean, it was really amazing after, well, giving birth to her too, with her head being up, I think that that helped put pressure on me. So I Mm -hmm. tore in a similar place to where I tore with my other daughter. Mm -hmm. And I'll never forget like laying on the bed and having you guys apply a few stitches. And then the rest of the family was in the living room and the baby was out here like meeting our family. And I was in there and I'm like, wow, this is really cool. Like it they just not being in this structured environment and it being very, very natural, it was like this is exactly how it should be. And then you asked me, do you want me to grab the baby? Do you want to breastfeed? Like while we're stitching you like, actually, that sounds really nice. Yeah, let's do that. So then you grabbed the baby and brought her over and I just breastfed her while you while you did a few stitches. And then I was just able to like be in my bed and I'm like, this feels so good. Mm-hmm. And then we ordered Mexican food and I ate this like monstrous salad, like huge. Yeah. I and mean, I think I ate like, <laughs> like a trough of salad my mom made me <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with like beans and rice and just being able to eat that and not eat like hospital food or I wasn't even sure how I was going to do it if I did it in a hospital and like do all my own food prepping, like that would would have added so much more pressure to me, but I was able to have like my, my lemon water and my fruit juices and my teas. And then to help me through, um, the labor, I just had little spoons of honey so that I just had like that maintain the energy. And then I was drinking my lemon water throughout. You were really good about that too, and reminding me to drink and stay hydrated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was amazing. And then breastfeeding wise, she did amazing. She just latched right on, and she yeah. she knew what she was supposed to do. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. And then what about um, extended postpartum? Anything to note there?
1: Yeah, the I didn't realize how much of a difference it would make if you were to take it easy for the first two weeks postpartum. Um, I never had had that opportunity before. And my mom stayed with us for almost three weeks. And she, this was the first time she had done this with one of our um, births. And so she stayed at our house. She slept in my daughter's room and she helped just, just helped us with the daily life, helped us with the kids. She helped make our food.
0: Did she only do it this time? Because you asked her to or COVID set it up this way or like what made the difference?
1: Mm, I think it was just where we were all at in our lives Mm -hmm. because my mom, she um, was in school to be a nurse and then she was working or she was, no, she was just out of school being a nurse. And then um, she was trying to find a job. And then this time she just had the opportunity where she wasn't working and she was able to come over and help me Mm -hmm. and had the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that was um, like really life-changing for me I was able to heal a lot faster I stopped bleeding so quickly um I still my my tearing took a while longer to heal but just having the support that she gave helped me so much it gave me the comfort comfort to actually get up in like the two weeks after and be like okay I can do this like she left and I remember going okay there's no more help like you're gonna do this on your own because my husband works a lot so it was basically just down to me like I can do this I can handle it Mm -hmm. I did it with Ruby I did it with the twins like I know I can do it with this one and I did it yeah and it was totally great we just all had to get into our groove and it took a couple weeks for the kids to get used to having someone else in the picture and having mom in the position that I was at to where I couldn't do everything for them and it took a little while to transition but um once we got into the groove of it and they absolutely just adore her so that helped a lot too Mm -hmm.
0: Can you touch on your um, thrush and your flare-up and Mm -hmm. um, your alternative formula um, that you
1: ended up giving her? Yeah, totally. So three months postpartum, I experienced like the worst eczema flare-up I have ever experienced in my whole life. It was so painful that uh, I had literally one day where I thought about killing myself. I was like, is it worth me staying here on earth and being in this so much pain. And then I was like, Whoa, what are you doing? Like, and I I remember thinking this after I had that thought, I was like, what are you doing? Like, why are you letting yourself go to that dark place? Like you, I was in the bathtub. I'm like, you need to pull yourself out of this. This is ridiculous. Like, it's not okay for you to be thinking thoughts like this. You have four children that need you. You have a husband, you have a family that need you like, okay, I can do this. I can pull myself out of it. So I, um, I utilized, it still was on medical medium protocols, but I think that with everything, the circumstances that happen every time I give birth, something happens. So on the dairy, we always, um, lose employees, which forces my husband outside full time. And then I end up being the full caregiver to our kids. My mom wasn't able to come over every day anymore. So then it fell in my lap and I thought I had set myself up to where I had a nanny, but then our nanny ended up having to leave too. Mm -hmm. um, and part ways with us so that it all fell under my lap. And I, I felt like I was like sinking. Like I felt like it was a leak in my boat and I was literally trying to just scoop everything out and nothing was working. And I just kept sinking. And so, which I had been in this predicament before. And I think that this feeling was, um, of trauma I had lived before. So I think I was taking on some of that old feeling of trauma too. And um, being able to see that there is light at the end of the tunnel is what helped pull me through. So I was like, I've done this before. I can get myself out of this. I know I can. So what I ended up doing was cutting corners everywhere I could. I was doing cloth diapers with her. I'm like, okay, don't do cloth diapers anymore. You don't have time to like do the washing and the hanging. Just get some nice organic diapers for her. Okay, cut that down. Um, Make dinner simple. So we had like steamed potatoes and steamed vegetables. And then I would get like a baked chicken for my husband. And that's basically what we ate every night. And um, with breastfeeding ended up being way too painful because it was essentially missing layers of skin. And I was still trying to breastfeed on top of having so much opened skin there that I decided to stop doing that. And um, Medical Medium has this amazing alternative plant-based um, formula substitute. And it's avocado, coconut water, and banana. And it's equal parts avocado and banana. And then you can add spring water or coconut water. For us, what we um, have noticed is that if we only use spring water, she tends to have constipation. So I'll do, um, a, a, make a base. Of the coconut and banana and it's about and then i'll strain it through a nut milk bag and the consistency is
0: did you mean yeah the
1: banana yeah sorry the avocado and banana Mm -hmm. and i'll I'll blend that and then strain it through a nut milk bag and then it will come out to be like the consistency of yogurt or like a greek yogurt Mm -hmm. and that i will use as my base and i'll keep it in the jar in the fridge and then i'll fill up her bottle halfway with the base and then i'll add um equal amounts of coconut water to it and then it will come out to the thickness of basically breast milk Yes, you mm-hmm. and she's been doing really really well in it she's been drinking that since about three months old and she's been gaining weight and she's reaching all of her milestones so it's definitely she's thriving yeah,
0: yeah doing really
1: well of course, that was really hard for Mama not to be able to breastfeed anymore, but I had to make the decision for my health and myself. Mm-hmm. And then to correct my eggs and I ended up doing three back-to-back advanced liver cleanses in his book. And I cut out all salt and all fat. And so, um, cutting out all fat looks like no nuts, seeds, avocados, any additional oils of any kind, and just sticking to fruits and vegetables. And then I was able to pull through and then also doing a lot of like meditation and making sure that my mindset was in a better place so that I could be overall, have a better wellness about me.
0: Yeah. So proud of you for taking all those steps. um, Cause sometimes you can just get like sucked into what you're already doing that you can't even Mm -hmm. find a way out of it, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm really I'm really fortunate. And I like really appreciate myself for the fact that I am so determined. And like, I'm determined to do things in a holistic way. And I'm determined to like, follow through and make sure that I can do it. Like I know that I can do it. And so I just I just had that mindset of like, I'm gonna pull through I know I can I've done it before. And like, what's to keep me from doing it again, you know?
0: Yeah. I'm really proud of you. And you should be very proud of yourself.
1: Oh, oh, thank you, gave Sophia.
0: <laughs> Daddy's oh, 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 it's it's not. It wasn't that. Did you say? It? Dad came Daddy in. Daddy just
1: walked in. <laughs> <laughs> for just carving.
0: Oh. Well, is there any like last words that you want to say for anyone listening? Um, any um anything for you know, anyone who's listening with twins or any of the struggles you went through
1: um, or yeah,
0: just last thought.
1: Yeah, I think my, um, my greatest advice would be, and I just spoke to another mom who's in a very similar position as I was, who struggled with eczema, who had twins, who's following medical medium, and then also kind of finding herself in this place in life of like, where, where do I belong? Um, is to just ease into motherhood accept it and surrender to it and try not to fight it. I think that our society forces us women now to fight the mothering instinct. And it's just not the way that we're set up, but the more that you can surrender to it and it'll just allow it. It's like, and give into it for me, it's become so much easier. And my life has become so much easier. It's like, you don't have to do all these things. You're not supposed to, or meant to do all these things. If all you can do is watch your kids for the day, then that's all you can do. And that's okay. Like you've done a good enough job. If your kids are happy and relatively healthy at the end of the day, you're doing a good job, mom.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Well, thank you. Thank you for taking the time to chat with me and um, yeah. I' rather rathers to share hear your story. Oh my gosh, I was taking mm-hmm. notes and I kept having to turn the page and turn the page. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there were so many yeah. topics covered.
1: <laughs> oh. Well, uh, thank you, Sophia, for giving me the opportunity. I love chatting with you. And yeah. it was seriously the most magical birth ever.
0: Oh, as it should be, right?
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. I like truly believe now that every woman should experience this. <laughs>
0: Me too. <laughs> well, thank you again, and, and I'll see you in a few months. Thanks, everybody, for listening. You can find us at Born Wild Podcast on Instagram. For inquiries or feedback, you can email us at bornwildpodcastgmail.com. You can find me, Emma Ray, on Instagram. At M.R.A. R.E.A. Sophia at SophiaBirth and me Leah at Bay Area Home Birth. We would really appreciate it if you would rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It Helps us reach more people. And as always, stay, stay wild. wild.